Hey there, Steve Johnson, Mentor 555, coming to you from Medellin, Colombia. Recently, while in Austin, had a chance to sit down in studio with one of my good friends, one of the big dogs in Austin Mortgage, John Schutze. He and his team, they close close to $200 million a year in volume. They serve several hundred families. He's got a great story, a compelling story. So I really do think that you're gonna enjoy this one. So sit back, have fun. If you like what you see, hit the like button, definitely hit the subscribe button. And again, we appreciate you supporting our channel. All right, John Schutze, how are you, buddy? Oh, gosh, I'm, I'm honored to be here. I'm honored to have you, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, I know that, uh, I know that our, our listeners are going to be in, uh, in awe and inspired when we, uh, when we finish this up today. But um, it's exciting to have you on. You know, but I'd like to touch on a little bit about you and your family. Sure. Uh, you and your wife, uh, Lauren, y'all been married for a year. One Is that year. right? You just mm-hmm. had your year anniversary? We did. We did. We went out to La Jolla for the weekend. It was great. Yeah. First time, California, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we know what uh, we know what uh, people do on their first year anniversary. We probably won't talk about that today, but uh, yeah, congrats to that. And then you guys have a blended family. You've got five kids. What you've got two in college, two in high school. No, one in high school, one two in, in college, school. and then two little yeah. ones, right? Yeah. Yep. 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 We have a pretty pretty big spread. I brought four to the table, and Lauren has a, a beautiful daughter um, who's our youngest. Okay. And, um, uh, we. We, uh, you know, you sometimes see people have sort of like two, two, you know, we, we, my older kids, I kind of see as, as kind of one sort of generation. And mm-hmm. then I, we have a seven or eight year old girls mm-hmm. uh, together. And so we we're raising them as kind of the second wave. Okay. And, uh, it's, it's neat to have the opportunity to have that perspective. Yeah. 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 I always kind of, I'm an oldest child. Okay. okay. Uh, are you, what's your birth order? Yeah. Oldest, oldest. You know, number yeah. one of two. Well, I don't have any stories about having a, a rough childhood, but the truth is, as a parent, you're kind of learning things on that first kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. And so it's kind of neat. Uh, Sometimes I, I feel fortunate you, right? to have, in this case, five opportunities to to fine tune my skills of, you know, how how I'm sort of being with my kids. So, so how how do those kids uh, fine tune you to be uh, prepared for the mortgage industry? Right. I mean, we know what that's yeah. like. So you've been in it for like 20 years. Is that right? 20 years since mm-hmm. 2002. Okay. 2002. Okay. Yeah. And you, uh, and so let's get into that maybe here in a couple of minutes on what it's like being, you know, on balancing family with five kids. Uh, I think that our listeners would really enjoy hearing that, you know, me with two, it's hard enough, you know, yeah. and, and they say that you play zone on three and I don't know what you play when you have five. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so you're with lone people and yep. you recently moved over to them not that long ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I'm somebody who's, who's moved to several companies. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I've, I've sort of made myself wrong about that and thought that, there, you know, maybe there's some sort of, you know, that's not a good thing to do. But, you know, what I've realized is usually when I moved, every, I can say with one, really one or maybe two exceptions. I mean, I'm just going to, I'm not even sure how many comes in, but maybe eight over the last 20 mm-hmm. years. Eight different companies? Maybe it's six or seven. I, I don't okay. know, but yeah. I'd have to count them. But uh, it's been a few and, and, um, with a, with a, maybe one or two exceptions, um, it always went, you know, well. I made I, I reached a new goal after the move. I mean, the, the move was a something that worked out well for for me. Um, uh, and so I'm kind of one of those that, you know, 
kind of thinking through it and trying to think, well, is there something wrong with me? Why, you know, some mm-hmm. people stay at a company well, for, for 10 years. Yeah. Well, there is. Yeah. <laughs> All of us, right? <laughs> right? But some people can't stay at companies for 10 or 15 years. Yeah. And, and that's great. And I, you know, probably every, I mean, I don't know, if I had averages, probably every three or four years, I'm, I, I've moved sometimes quicker, you know, sooner than that. And, and so I thought it was like, well, is there, is there, is this a problem? And what I realized is, and I think this is true. I don't have any data on it, but if you look at even like CEOs of companies, mm-hmm. they often move around. And I think yeah. it, I think for me, what it is, is it's, I'm always up for a new challenge. Okay. When I reach a certain level, um, or goal or accomplish a goal, watch out because mm-hmm. I'm probably going to make a course correct or make a course change. Okay. Uh, and I think that's a, that's a pretty cool attribute to mm-hmm. have and, um, uh, be goal sort setting? of. Goal setting is big for well, you. Goal setting, but also being willing to um, try new things and mm-hmm. and uh, take some risks. I mean, risk taking is definitely high on my list of uh, what I would consider strengths um, that not everybody has. Yeah, you know, not everybody wants to take risks, and they don't want to. You know, and I think that talking a little bit about that today, you know, mm-hmm. it, it is about taking risk. What we do, you know, in the mortgage world, we're yeah. our own boss, you know, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, we're entrepreneurs in in a lot of ways. And, you know, I would say, you know, maybe some of the things that we'll talk about today and uh, one of the things I think that we should really touch on is your recent success, which isn't just the, you know, it, it's not like you're a, right. you know, fly by the night, you know, all of a sudden you're doing 600 units and, you know, what did you do to lead up to that, right? Sure. What got you there? But, um, you know, I, on my notes, I think you had, you know, last year, 2021, you had like over 500, you had 573 units. Is that right? That's, 570, that's like real close. 180, yeah. 190 million. Mm-hmm. 2020, real similar to that, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I'm sure, you know, with you and your team, you have a team of what, f- uh, six or seven of you on your yeah, team? Is I mean, that right? When we hit those numbers, we were about 10 or 11. Okay. Um, and we'd grown to that. Um, and we're, we've pared down a little bit like a lot of folks. And so we're, we're running um, right at six, I believe. Okay. So, okay. Uh, well, and you're way, with your brothers, right? You have yeah. two, two brothers that yep. are on your team. Yeah. Right. Brought my two brothers on uh, okay. a few years ago, over the years. I mean, re- Really, it was this big refi boom we went through. As we yeah. were ramping up, I uh, started working with, with uh, my brother Rhett. He came on about three or three or so years ago. I'm terrible at timing, okay. at time, but uh, and you got here on uh, he's time been today, amazing. I can be somewhere, but, but yeah. uh, thinking back, okay, okay. Um, and then uh, my other brother uh, Sam joined us uh, after that, and um, it's been uh, you know we can go into this, but it definitely is a lifelong dream of mine to work with family okay uh, i always wanted to be an uh entrepreneurial in some way uh and part of that was because i wanted to have a, a business with family yeah and give uh, i've always one of the things i'm good at is being just a provider okay um, if i had to if i had to create maybe one thing to say this is john's identity mm-hmm. it's provider okay and i've just found i'm good at it um i know i know how to make money when i need to okay and um and, you know, what fulfills me is seeing, you know, my efforts benefit somebody else. And, okay. and oftentimes that, you know, it's kind of, a, a, you know, tied to my family mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, the folks that work with us, with us. So when you have, when you have a team like what we had, you know, during the uh, refi boom, you know, and, and mm-hmm. having been in the business a, a while, both of us, you know, we've seen the, the highs, we've seen the lows and, you know, whether rates are, you know, 10% or, you know, Two percent, like they were for that short period of time, you know, it is about the relationships that you're establishing, and and I mm-hmm. think that it 
it starts internally with yourself and with your family, right? But then it then it moves on to, you know, whether they're realtor or builder relationships or referral sources, you know, financial advisors, what have you. Hearing you say that you that you've enjoyed being the provider, is that something that you had early on in your life, you know, uh, mm-hmm. unpack that for me. Is that, and, and where does that come from? Well, um, great question. I, it, 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 it did start very early. Um, you know, we, we all kind of grew up in, in whatever environment we're in and, and we kind of make up stories about life, you know, and, mm-hmm. and we, you know, oftentimes you observe your parents and, you know, when I saw with my parents, um, I feel like I have to say, I, my, my father's passed away and my mother's thankfully still alive and I mm-hmm. love them both. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, they're amazing people. Um, but you know, there was a lot of, there was some struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some financial struggles. Uh, my mom was in the, in the real estate business and, okay. and, uh, they're going, she a realtor. They, is that what she, she's, she was, okay. uh, she, she's been retired for a few years now, but, um, that's part of why I'm in the mortgage business. I think okay. it's cause she was in real estate and I just kind of had this, I'd wanted to be in real estate, but I'd, didn't want to do exactly what she did, so I mm-hmm. think I, you know, mortgage made sense to me. But the, you know, she was a realtor in, in the eighties. Okay. And I here was here in Austin. You know, here in Austin, mm-hmm. and I was, uh, you know, eighty seven. I was twelve. Okay. And their their market crash. fell yeah. apart. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably very similar to what's going on now. Yeah. I think it was worse then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so her income went down. Yeah. And uh, was she my, crushing it leading up to that? I mean, I, where, where yeah, did you... we work? I mean, we had yeah. a house in Westlake when. Okay. And Westlake wasn't. What was it back then? Wasn't it what it is today? I don't mm-hmm. think it's just where you know the, the wealthy lived and, or something. And those but, of us but it was the, good. Those know? of us that don't know Westlake, right? You know, you, yeah. you're born and raised Austin, but you know, tell our tell our audience a little bit about Westlake and what that represents. Why that's important. Well, Westlake is um, is one of the areas that's that's more affluent, mm-hmm. uh, and I think in, at, at that time it was still kind of rural and it was building. Yeah, um, they were putting a lot of developments in there, and mm-hmm. so. Um, but still yeah. only like five minutes from town. I mean, yeah, that really was a cool part about it. So, you, so yeah. you, you grew up in Westlake. But it was south of the yeah. river, which, which was, for <laughs> right. my dad was really a struggle because yeah, he grew up in Austin. There's a stigma to that, right? He was yeah. born north of the river. Uh-huh. Uh, Westlake, south of the river. So it's a kind of funny story, I think. But, but um, but but you know, so and my dad was in the car business. I mean, he was a, a finance guy in the car business. Okay. And so the, that, that crashed okay. too. So mm-hmm. my parents took a huge hit financially. Mm-hmm. And I think as a, in, you know, being 12, 13, 14 and seeing that, and then it, it eventually led to a divorce. I thought, you know, okay, I don't want to ever let this happen to me. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to figure out how to not, you know, I'm just, my life is going to be about doing better than my parents. You know, right. a lot of people, you know, I think a lot of uh-huh. people do that. And so. And do be- doing yeah. better in what way? You're talking about financially? Well, yeah, uh, financially. Stability? Financially. And of course I had stories about the divorce. So I was yeah. like, I'm not, I'm never going to get divorced. Yep. Um, I'm going to do it better and, and mm-hmm. be a better father. And, and um, you know, I, I think that um, what I've discovered, um, and again, and every, anything I say, I'm not saying it's true, but yeah. it's, it just seems true to me, uh, is that people are motivated uh, in two, two ways. W- one is fear, mm-hmm. and, and one is, I, I call it freedom now. Okay. But, um, the yeah, F this words, is, right? The, the F, F words, words, yeah. yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I was, this is all fear stuff. Like, okay. like I, I'm worried I'm going to run out of money. I, wanna, I don't want the, to, you know, I don't want to let this happen to my, you know, in my life, I'm not going to run out of money yeah. like my parents. Okay. I'm not going to get divorced like my parents. Okay. I'm going to be um, a better father than my dad. I'm going to, okay. you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to marry a woman that's better than my, I mean, it's like, okay. there's, there's all these things you, you, it's, it's all fear based. spirit, like an internal yeah. competitive spirit. And that it's, you had? it's very effective at driving people to succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think it's important for our audience to know that, right? To yeah. understand that um, whether you're in mortgage or whether you're in real estate or you're in other industries, you know, uh, what is it that happened in someone's younger lives, mm-hmm. right? That then drove them to want to be better and better being, it could be a number of things, right? Like right. just a better human being, first and first of all, right? right? But from your standpoint, what I'm hearing you say is that you saw the struggles, that mm-hmm. your parents went through, mm-hmm. and you recognized at an early age, because what, you're late 40s, 40, 48? 47. 47, now. okay. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, in 87, you were probably like 14, 13, 14, I, somewhere I like think that, I was right? 12, yeah, 12. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. So, you, I mean, clearly you saw that as a 12-year-old, and you're like, hey, I, I don't want to be like that. I respect and love my parents, mm-hmm. but, but I'm going to take what I'm learning here mm-hmm. as a 12-year-old, which mm-hmm. is really advanced, Right. Right. So, so from that point, you know, forward, as you go through middle school, high school into college, kind of walk me through that. Right. Cause I want to find out at the end of the day, John, I think our audience, myself, I want to understand what makes you who you sure. are, not only as a top producer, because I think that's critical mass for mm-hmm. those of us that are in our world that, that do well. And those that want to do well, I think that they need to understand what it takes as a human being. Mm-hmm. To be able to sustain that professionally, but also you know personally. So walk me sure. through a little bit of you know maybe your high school and in, in, in college years. Yeah, I mean, I I would describe I, because of that experience and because of what I decided as a twelve or thirteen year old, I was pretty serious. I didn't I didn't have a lot of fun. I was mm-hmm. pretty focused. I mean, I had fun, mm-hmm. but I didn't allow myself to to be like those guys that were overdoing it. You know, the, okay. the partiers. Okay, and, and so I kind of into sports. Were you into what, um, like what uh, activities? Yeah, I really were you into? wasn't because I was, I was kind of motivated and, and I so I worked. Okay, and, and I, so I I didn't sports didn't become a big thing for me because I I did the I think it was called Deca or something mm-hmm. where I got out like after lunch and I went to work. So part of I, got I remember credit that for going yeah to work. you got credit for going to work yeah. So I went to work in my junior and senior year, um, and um, and then I went to you know college. It took me seven years to finally get out of you know finish college okay uh kind of goofed around so for i could a while. probably name a couple of schools that that's the requirement right well so four it was, years it at was seven, southwest right? texas or texas state <laughs> but, you know, I was, I, well you got out early after seven years then right <laughs> you know yeah i mean i just I, I didn't i didn't quite get it figured out and then and then at some point uh i i, I my, my wife uh my, my ex-wife but you know then um the woman i was dating she, she was a couple years behind me and she okay. she got out of high school okay uh, we had dated some high school, and then she got. She started going to college, and I, 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 at the time, I was like, I love this woman, and I can't let her beat me out of school. Like, I, I okay. gotta, I, I can't let her get ahead of me. I okay. think, and so I, I, it just it made sense to me to at least try to keep up with her. Okay. So she was a little more serious about college, so I got more serious, and then. And so you ended up going to the same college together. We did. From, yeah, okay. we went to the same college, and and um and then I got, um, one of the reasons that I'm I'm in the mortgage business or. You know, I don't own the mortgage company, but mm-hmm. I, I consider it entrepreneurs. There no was a, a class, it was called Zero Hour in, in high school. Okay. And you could take these kind of elective classes. And for whatever reason, I took this entrepreneur class. And they had, they'd had they have entrepreneurs come in every once in a while and speak to us. And I remember this guy, he might have been the person who started Twin Liquors, or there may have been another family-owned liquor store back then. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. But Did he you have came a twin? And spoke. Did you have a twin? <laughs> no, but, but he came in and spoke, and, and I and he talked about his business, and his fa- wife worked with him in a kind of a family business, and I thought, that's what I want. Okay. And so I knew I wanted to get a college degree, but also knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, and so that's kind of how it evolved into the mortgage business. Okay. And um, 
And so... So you've been in it for 20 years. You're 47, so 27. So we're talking about zero hour in high school. And I think for our audience, I think it's really critical mass to understand, at least for me, yeah. like, again, what drove you to the point in life to where you made a decision not only to get into mortgage, because some of us just stumble into it, right? Mm -hmm. And it becomes a great profession if you let mm -hmm. it, right? But what is it between those those adolescent years for you? Mm -hmm. It might have been at 12, mm -hmm. right, through 27, right? Mm -hmm. So what happened in those college years during, you know, it took you seven years to get out, right? So you were right. 24, 25, but you were probably working during that time too, I would imagine. You had an entrepreneurial spirit. Oh, yeah, spirit. yeah. I mean, I, my, my parents were able to help some, and, and I have a grandfather that helped some, but it was, it was I, I mostly paid for it myself. Okay. And I just was always... The one who would do a little extra, I think, um, uh, you know, I, I, um, I, 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 would, I knew I needed to figure out a way to pay for college, and I didn't want to get into a bunch of debt. So I wanted to I, – I, back then, you could get a teller job and get mm -hmm. $10 an hour. Okay. Where with most of the other college jobs, it was like 5 or 6 bucks an hour. Right. And so I went and interviewed with these banks. Plus, and that was during plus, school? That was during was college? in college. Or, okay. And, and – these banks would have, I knew they had these schedules where you could work like Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Mm -hmm. And you could get benefits for that. You know, you, if you had 20 hours, you okay. could get benefits, which I didn't at like the time. Health I didn't benefits. have health benefits. Okay. And also, I could go to school Tuesday and Thursday. So I could have almost a full-time job and still go to school the alternate days, and it worked out really great. Mm -hmm. So I went and started interviewing with, with banks, and I kept getting told that I didn't have enough cash handling experience. And I've been a waiter for years, but they didn't consider that cash. You didn't have enough cash, cash handling experience. Cash handling experience. In other okay. words, they want to make yeah. sure I could count money. Yeah. You tell me you were a bookie then, on the side in college? It's hard to imagine, but back then, I mean, that's <laughs> where most transactions happened was at the right? counter yeah. and you were counting money. Uh -huh. yeah. So I uh, I went and got a job at Pack and Sack Pack and in Sack. San Marcos and there's some uh, actually a location in Buda. Okay. And that's like Wish a, a grocery, a whole grocery chain? Is that what that grocery it, store yeah, it was like a, it was a it was like a, an old version of a 7-Eleven. Okay. And, and I got that job. Because I had to have one year of cash handling experience to okay. get the bank job. Okay. And I did that job for a year. <laughs> and then I applied for the bank and I got the bank job. But I, it's almost like you should have just I'm gone not trying to the manager. Horn, but how many kids would do that? Right. Step back, yeah. work at a job that you feel like is beneath you. Yeah. Because you knew the long term goal. Uh, it was going to help you accomplish your goals long term. So, and so that what did you learn there? Like for that year that you were there, how did that how did that help you grow and become a better well, version of yourself as a banker, as a money handler? Yeah, I mean, I I would say that um, I, oftentimes when people have asked me what, what your favorite job is, a few years ago I would have probably said pack and sack. Okay, <laughs> being a, yeah. being a uh, cashier. But back then, again, it was different. It was in Buda. It was a smaller town. It was a lot more, you know, now, you, family, now I feel no like kids, you go buy a Coke choice, yeah. and you give them your credit card and your <laughs> ear pods are on, you don't even talk to the person. Uh -huh. But back then, it was much more friendly and you had conversations and you got had these regulars. So yeah. I actually really loved the feeling of, I actually felt like I was serving these folks. Never had anybody pull a gun on you? Never, no, but no? I had people drive off the gas. Okay. You know, yeah, they do. Anybody, they anybody, anybody drive off, you know, with the, with the, Gas in the gas tank, you know, the in no, I didn't pull out that. and then shooting gas but, everywhere. And... But I had people would would you know fill up, not come pay and take off. And okay. I, a couple of times, this remember I was in college. I literally ran out, jumped in my car, and chased them. Okay, uh, did never catch them, and 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 eventually turned back around. But you know, I had that fire in me. Okay, just, yeah, like, so it wasn't even my money. Huh? That, yeah, but it just felt like it was wrong. You know, did they have cameras like at the time back then? Uh, yeah, you know, I don't get the remember. Plates? They probably did, but mm -hmm. you know, but I think people. Maybe even today, get away with that stuff. Yeah. Usually, but yeah, but it. So you know, that that's that's what I was doing in college, and okay. um, 
and uh, so you know, I wasn't I wasn't doing the frat thing, and I wasn't I wasn't partying a, a bunch, but. Um, so you're dating, not, your, not that you're dating your former wife, mm-hmm. going to Texas State, which was Southwest Texas at the time. For mm-hmm. those of those of us, uh, our friends and, and audience that aren't aware, I mean, uh, we I knew back in college that if you wanted to go for a good party, great time, that Southwest Texas was the place to go. Had good looking women, had uh, had the river running through campus. You know, you see people laying out. You know, studying. So I didn't do all that. <laughs> <You didn't laughs> I just drove right by them, <laughs> went to class, went to work. I mean, I just I. Uh, I've had to come to terms with that I didn't have okay. as much, a lot of fun in college. Okay. Because look, looking back, I'm like, dang, I wish I had, you know. But at the time, you didn't, you were just focused on I, I was what was in front focused, of you, right? And I was you working full time, and, okay. I, and I ended up getting like, you know, something close to a 4.0 in the end. And mm-hmm. um, maybe that wasn't terribly hard at Texas State <laughs> back then. But, <laughs> but you know, I, I just, I got serious. I got yeah. serious. And um, uh, I just have always been very motivated. And, and uh, you know, it, kind of a deeper level. The, the the what's interesting about that is you, you play that forward and then you get it you work really hard and mm-hmm. you start to meet some goals and you start to buy a house you know you buy mm-hmm. a house what i found is i mean I, so that fear led me to accomplish a lot of goals mm-hmm. but what i realized is that the people in my life were really characters that i needed to accomplish my goals okay so leading up to that lead, those people well and i started building it basically mm-hmm. okay and like it started with my my ex-wife. Your tribe so to speak well yeah i mean my ex-wife was was the character okay. that i needed she okay. was the the spouse i needed mm-hmm. to have the kids mm-hmm. to build the family so that in my mind i could fulfill my my dream of of having a family and, and being a good good father okay um and then the people that i worked with uh you know i was a guy that would go in the office and put my head down, get my stuff done, and get out of there. And this is at the bank, you know. After this is at the bank, and this is even getting into my mortgage career. So let me back up a little bit. Yeah. So uh, the you had the pack and sack. You loved working there, and mm-hmm. I can understand why. You know, you're you've got a lot of freedom, so to speak, at the time. You don't have a lot of bills. You, know, you don't have the stress of the real world stress, right? Other than getting through school, carrying close to a four zero, right? Which yeah. is which is admirable. Uh, but it sounds like you were like super hyper focused. So you you do the pack and sack for a year. Did you let them know leading up to the, that year window? Go, hey, I'm going to be rolling. Or and then how did you roll into the uh, you know the bank job? You walk in the door and. You say, hey, I've got a year of cash handling yeah. experience. Hire me. And which uh, bank was that, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, yeah, it was Nations Bank, which okay. became Bank B of America. A, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't remember how straightforward. I mean, I knew I was – I mean, I don't remember if I told them I'm going to be here the yeah. year or what. But um, but that was that was exactly why I was there. That was, was the goal. to get that yeah. one-year cash handling okay. experience yeah. to yeah. get the job at the bank. So then you um, go to work for the bank. And yeah. how long you, – you, you were a teller? Is that what you were? At I was first? a teller, yeah. And then became a banker after that. How, you know, yeah, walk me through that. Uh, well, it just it, it, that that was a lot more fun in a lot of ways because um, you're still serving people. Yeah, that was that was okay. I liked that. Okay, um, it, it, you know, I felt like I had a lot more prestige. You know, I was a you know, bank teller. You know, a bank. <laughs> um, and um, you know, you you have you know. A certain security on the computer that they, mm-hmm, you know, you mm-hmm. just, it felt a lot more, a little you more important. You use DOS code to and, log in. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and, you know, it was, it was, um, you know, I just, it was, I was well suited for it. Okay. Um, How long were you there for? 
Uh, it had to be two or three years. Okay. Um, the other thing it did back then is it paid for tuition or it gave you like two, two grand a year in tuition reimbursement. Okay. So you so had health care coverage. Yeah. Okay. And were you working 40 hours or between that 20 and 40? It was like 30. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're doing that, going to school full time. Mm-hmm. And so if you're working 30 during the week, then you're probably having to take some night classes, I'm assuming. Right. Uh, or early just... morning, night. Okay. Um, Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I, I, but I was also that guy. I would, I would, I'd have eight o'clock classes all the time. I mean, I okay. love doing eight to noon and being done the rest of the afternoon. And, and then you'd w- uh, worked like the afternoon shift at the bank, and they were working around that scheduling for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah was yeah, that in San Marcos? Was that, San Marcos. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So uh, that led up. So you you did the teller. Did you did you roll up into like a an assistant manager position or assist, you know teller manager you know. No, I, I never, because I couldn't work full time, I, I never got into management per se. But um, a couple of things I, you know, when I went to, when I graduated, that some of the, when I was getting close to graduation, some of those conversations came up. But, you know, one of the things I learned, um, one of the lessons for me is, is in that seven year period, you know, when I was getting through school earlier on, when I was kind of wasn't as serious, I, I spent one year working at NTW Tires. Okay. NTW. Okay. Now it's called NTB. Okay. It used yeah. to be NTW. And I was selling tires. Okay. And that's a commission base. You get, uh-huh. they, and they call them spiffs. But, uh-huh. you know, if you sell, you know, certain tires, you got more, more money. And, yep. and I've always loved that competitive kind of job. You, you know, whether I was a waiter or, you know, and so, yep. but I did that and I, I was making like two grand a month, which at the which time was, 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 yeah. was you know, I had roommates and I was making more than them. <laughs> it's funny because I never had any money left over. I was, you, know, you can always spend, yeah. you know, but, but it felt like I was making a lot of money. And then my manager who was kind of one of those bossy kind of managers, um, kind of had a love hate relationship with him. Yeah. Uh, thought he was real, you know, whatever he'd bought. I remember he bought a house in Milburn and, you know, you're kind of working with kind of more blue collar folks uh-huh, in that yep, environment. Uh-huh. And so he was like, we bought a house and all. Yeah. One time, somehow, I can't remember how, but I found out how much money he made. Okay. And it was like 45,000 bucks. Yeah. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, that's like four grand a month. I'm, I'm a, a single dude in college. All I need is beer money and, and rent. Mm-hmm. And I can spend two grand easy. Yeah. That ain't a lot of money. Yeah. So, I mean, it was really a great moment because I got, that's probably actually the turning point when I got really serious about college. Okay. As I said, wait, th- this, the only option I saw is to go to college. I mean, I, I knew that I had to make more money than okay. that. And, and yeah. it was a great just understanding. So for you, if I could, so yeah. for you, that forty-five grand that he was making didn't represent like any type of su- uh, substantial success. I was thinking that you might have been going at the angle, hey, I'm making two grand, he's making four. He's crushing it, right? Yeah. Uh, but no, you were looking at it and go, hey, this is the manager, this is the tip of the spear, uh, yeah. the pinnacle of this job here in a you know blue collar top environment and i want more than that economically yeah i mean i was just really clear that that and this is no knock on him i mean he right. was happy i think and yeah and and i have no you know you know sometimes i think wouldn't it be great to just have an eight to five job yep, and make yep. more, you know mm-hmm. but and it doesn't, doesn't you know but, but, but you're not wired that way but, but i'm not yeah. wired that way yeah. and i always wanted to I, I knew that i had to make more and i mean i knew and i i the family I had envisioned setting up was going to be very traditional and I was going to work. Mm-hmm. My wife was going to stay home mm-hmm. uh, most likely. Mm-hmm. And, and so I knew I had to, I had to, and you know, my, that manager that I was talking about, he had a spouse that worked. Yeah. So, you know, you start yeah. to put together, well, they had two, I knew I wasn't going to have that yeah. or I didn't think I was. Okay. And so, um, 
you know, I, I imagined, you know, back then everybody wanted to make six figures. Yeah. If you can make a yeah. hundred thousand oh, dollars, you're yeah. going to, I remember you thinking know. if I could make 60, you know, I remember yeah. talking with my best friend, you know, our first yeah. years of college and we're like, man, if we could just make five grand a month, yeah. we'd be crushing it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Well, some people live a pretty good they, life they, even today on well, that. In that Maybe five grand Austin, then but... might be, you know, 10 grand now. Right. right. If you just right. think about, you know, early nineties. Yeah. yeah. But the, so then that you, you transitioned from, from that world, you started focusing more on college. Okay. I know that I have, there's an end game here. I don't know what it is, but I know that I want to be successful in business mm -hmm. and in life. But, uh, so how did you get into, you know, mortgage and what were those, what was that first year like? You know, crushing, you know, did you sure. crush it out of the gate? And when was it, right? I want to have an idea on where yeah, rates were. Well, I, I dabbled. Um, rates at the time were, were uh, around 6%. Okay, which was, which was healthy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and people and, freak and, out right and, now because it's. And it was a refi market. Yeah. Uh, because a lot of people had rates. We were refining people from 7% to 6%, yeah. what I remember. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, I, I, at that, but at that point, I was married with uh, one child, mm -hmm. and I think I was I either had one in the way or I had was close to that, and okay. and we were not making enough money because I my first job out of uh, college was a I was a, what do you call a financial advisor? Okay, did that for a year. And, okay, and, and you had to uh, build a book, like you didn't trying to build a book. Yeah, and they gave you, you know, some sort of twenty five year old coming up, going to somebody that might be a millionaire, right? Going, mm -hmm. hey, give me your money. It made yep. no sense at all. Like, yep. like I would never do that <laughs> today. Right. right. But uh, it, it's a tough. It's one of those businesses that was kind of a blessing because that's, I think, a harder business than real estate or the mortgage business because. How long did you somebody, do that for? How long did you do that for? I did that for a year. Okay. So and in I, that year, how much did you make as a financial oh, advisor like to build a book? Oh, it was like 30000 bucks. It was okay. terrible. And, and were you and taking draws out against you know, commissions? There was draws. Or, yeah. And yeah mm -hmm. It was, it was a, we had no money. Yeah. We had no money. And it yeah. was, it was tough. And, and I knew I was, it was an investment. Yeah. And my, you know, I feel like I should call and thank my wife again for this. Yeah. But like, she was all in yeah. and, and, you know, put up with barely making it and mm -hmm. not having money and getting into debt. I remember mm -hmm. we got in a lot of debt. And, okay. But, you know, I, I did it. It's, and that's if that business, it's very typical. You, you burn out after about a year. So you yeah. either make it or you burn out. Yeah. And yeah. I burned out, decided yep. I didn't want to do it. Um, also learned something about myself. And I'm not sure I learned it in that moment, but not too far after that, I looked back and I thought, okay, I never was really comfortable having the type of relationship with my clients that was like open-ended forever. Because okay. as a financial advisor, I mean, that's yeah. really your hope is that you pick up a client and then you and and you're through the life of the yeah you, mm -hmm. you get to know them and mm -hmm. you know about their kids and their mm -hmm. family and and their life their, their mm -hmm. life stages and 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 I just was never that way and so what I liked about the mortgage business, you know, just skipping ahead a little bit is that it's more transactional mm -hmm. and you get to know people you do mm -hmm. get to serve them mm -hmm. and it's about a thirty day process and then they go on down the road yeah I liked that okay and, and that's. We can get to this later, but it's still something I deal with today is that is I still have that in me today, uh -huh. and I have to really work to build relationships with people okay. that mm -hmm. are deeper than something very surface. It's kind of something that's like my next phase of, of the evolution of, of John is, is working on that. But but um, Which is but, really surprising to hear because, like you said, we'll dive a little deeper on that. Yeah. But when you're crushing out 600 units, you know, and you're serving, you know, all these families, you know, I would imagine many of them are repeat and well, but, personal referrals but in your knowing sphere. that is was really key to me and and embracing it and and you know so i'm i'm not a natural database oriented okay. originator okay because i don't have that in me okay to build those relationships mm -hmm. 
I like chasing the new business. Okay. But knowing that's really good because you could spend a lot of time beating yourself up trying to be a database person mm -hmm. that's basically inauthentic. You're right. And it's not like I don't want to help script, those people. I right? want to help them. I just don't want to do it in a way where we're going out to dinner and I'm getting another fan. Like, I'm here. I do a great job. Mm -hmm. Let me know if I can help you. Yeah. But that's the, de that's the depth I want to go with okay. people. Yeah. You know, in general. Yeah. Uh, and knowing that is is good because then I can focus on what I'm good at. Okay. Which is chasing the new business. So so you're a hunter. I'm I mean, a hunter. at the end of the day. Yeah, you yeah. go and you get the skins, you get them on the wall, and then you go back out and take care of the take care of the clan, right? right? And you know, if you think of you know tribal mentality, you had those that that had that mindset, right? And you had the ones that were really great hunters, so they would go out and do probably what you're doing. And right. then you had those that were great caretakers. You know whether they're men or women, and they were, and they understood that, and the tribe understood that, and so it sounds like that you had a really defined mindset of, I'm going to go hunting. Yep. My wife is going to be the caretaker for the family here, and mm -hmm. and she probably it sounds like she bought into that role, mm -hmm. and that was a role mm -hmm. that she really appreciated and yep. enjoyed. We're a good team. Yep. Okay. And and I want to talk about you know here in a little bit, you know, because I've been through that before as well, right? On my second marriage, my last marriage, uh, but mm -hmm. the first marriage, you know, helped me be a better version of myself now than what yeah, I was then. For sure. And it sounds like that that happened to you, but I think that it is, you know, worthy of, you know, maybe diving into just a little bit, you know, where that started to pivot, right? Did that, did the, did something happen during the mortgage industry? Because I know that, mm -hmm. uh, you know, during your time in mortgage that, you know, sometimes we get off track, you know, and you're doing, and you're crushing out a few hundred units in a year, it's hard to spend that time with your family like what you want, right? And if yeah. you're as driven as you clearly are, I can I can probably see how that writing was on the wall for you. Well, I I always tried really hard to have that what we call balance, and okay. so I I I worked really hard, uh, but I would, and I was really ambitious, and, and there were times that I needed the next mortgage to pay to pay my mortgage. Okay, I mean there were yeah. a lot of years like that. Yeah, because uh, I also would tend to you know, spend more than I make and, mm -hmm. and try to keep up with the You still that way? You still Not like anymore. That? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it took me took me about twenty years to figure that out. But, okay. Uh well maybe, you know, but <laughs> we can get into that. But but um but yeah, it's uh what 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 I you know, it, it all worked. I mean my I was very fortunate to have a great, great partner. Mm -hmm. And we were great we were we were a team when it comes to running the family. Mm -hmm. Being good parents to our kids, uh, being you know mostly you know present, you know we we were generally quote, whatever you call a good parent. I feel like we were good parents. Yeah, okay, um, but I would you know I would I'd get off work and make sure I was I coached a lot of baseball and softball, mm -hmm. um, you know which uh, and, and but what I would do is, um, you know we do that and then basically go th you know that would take up the the evening, get the kids to bed and then I would jump back on the computer mm -hmm. and catch up from whatever I missed. Um, which means I wasn't in bed with my wife, right? Uh, or I'd come in late, or, mm -hmm. or you know, or, or we weren't connecting, and and mm -hmm. so, uh, you know, I, it's pretty clear to me how things played out and why they played out because we were very focused on being a great family and great mm -hmm. good parents, but we definitely, um, you know, di didn't spend enough time together mm -hmm. one yeah, on one. I think that and, happens a lot, and, and we were. It kind of started off on the wrong foot. I mean, I don't know how deep you want to get into the podcast, but it kind of started off the wrong foot because, again, what I see now is that she was really just a, a piece in the in the puzzle that I was building. Okay. And she wasn't, I wasn't seeing her as a human. Mm -hmm. I was seeing her as somebody I needed in my life to make my life work. Mm -hmm. And there's a huge difference. 
And did you know that at the time, or no, just looking not, back, you're like, okay, no, because of course, what you do, well, she's unhappy and yeah. she doesn't like me, or she's yeah, but it's like, well, duh, yeah, you know, I wasn't, yeah, why would you like if you're yeah. not there? And, I mean, other than checking the boxes of hey, and that was always the comeback. It's like I'm a great provider, and yeah, and you know, at the time, I don't know if you want to talk numbers, but maybe we were making four or five hundred thousand. I mean, okay. Hell, that's and this is what how, how could you not love this 2000s, guy over here making but right but and can't you see that I'm out you know you know you put the big get the, put the kids down you know I'm I coach at baseball. the games I'm coaching yeah, I read the kids the book yep. that I took yep. all the boxes yep. of good father and y'all going to bed <laughs> resting I'm gonna go work on the computer for another I'm gonna, couple I'm hours stay I'm gonna, up late and work mm-hmm, why mm-hmm. why you should appreciate that yeah <laughs> well I think as as guys we go through that right yeah. and yeah. and I'm sure that you know there there are some women in our industry that maybe experience the same thing because. Mm-hmm. But um, I just think from a from a, a male perspective, I too uh, battle that with with my wife and with my relationships, yeah. right? Which is, hey, can't you see, you know, what our bank account is now versus where it was? Can't you? I mean, same thing, right? right? I did this for you. I did this for the kids, and it's almost like getting those, you know, getting those skins on the wall. And and I think that our in our relationships, our wives or, or our significant others. Uh, those matter, but those don't matter as much as the you know the five love languages, as they may say, right? Yeah. Um, for for your for your former wife, was it you know that you weren't providing for her emotionally, that you weren't spending time with her? You know, where did that start well, to transition? As evidence of how disconnected we were, I'm not even sure. Yeah. You know, wow. probably quality time. Okay. Um. Uh. And and, and somewhere along the way, I I broke her trust. You know, okay. I don't mean like an affair, but I mean. She needed me for something, yeah, and I wasn't there. Okay. And it probably was a. It may have been a slow burn, like it, uh-huh. it kept happening, like you know, because because I was, you know, the one that was like a little had a little bit of ego, like you know, like if the kids are up in the middle of the night, yeah, I got to work tomorrow right. to make sure we make pair yep. of mortgage, which mm-hmm. was kind of true. Yep. I mean, we, yep. I was the bread. I had to make yep. sure we. There were times we. I well, had, that was your you know, role, but, right? But you had you had but, defined but, roles, but it, it's kind of left her kind of trapped and stuck in this role yeah. that. Didn't give her a lot of freedom, and I think over time I lost her trust, and then it, mm-hmm. it, you know, um, it, it it you know we we just got to that point where we acknowledged that we were just so disconnected that it yeah. wasn't going to work. But when um, was that? What year? Uh, seventeen. Seventeen. When we got divorced, okay. but it, you know it was about a ten year process leading up to that where we okay. tried to keep it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and a lot we, of it had to do with the kids. We and worked the really hard and, to, yeah. to make it work. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but but y'all uh, went through y'all. I mean, let's let's yeah. let's touch on that because. You y'all went to college together. Did you go to high school together also? We, well, not the same high school, but we met in high school. Okay. Yep. Okay. So you met then, and so, I mean, you there was a tremendous amount of investment from both sides, mm-hmm. commitment, and um, was that so? Let's just say were y'all married together for twenty years? I mean, how, how long we were together? I mean, longer than that because uh, we were together probably twenty three, twenty four years. I mean, that's we started dating. Yeah, that's that's half of your life. You yeah. know, let's let's think that you know, you don't become an adult. Let's say until you're seventeen, eighteen, and even then, it's questionable, right? But let's right. just say eighteen is the benchmark. Right. You're, you know, you're you're forty seven now, so that's less than thirty years, and you were with her for more than well, two thirds of that. We met when I was eighteen. And, okay, and and of course, we're still, co- co- you know. What do you call it? Co- co-parenting. Co-parenting. Yeah. Is that what yeah, we call it? yeah. We, Cooperating. We, work, we still work together, actually. We're really <laughs> right. great at working together for the kids, you know. Yeah. But, but uh, just not married anymore. But but yeah, so, you know, 18 to 
when we got divorced, I was maybe 43, 44. Okay. So long time. So, so yeah. was it, so when you went, and I think, again, I think for our audience, this is important because we, those of us that are in mortgage understand what you're like, as you're telling me this, I think that a lot of our audience uh, are saying to themselves, holy shit, you know, I, I've gone through that yeah. uh, or I'm going through that now. Or I went through that before, I mean, similar situations, and now I'm in a, a more healthy relationship with myself and with my spouse. So I think that it's, to me, it's, it, I'm, I'm hearing a lot from you yeah. that I've experienced myself, Yeah. right? And so what was it that, that ultimately transitioned the relationship? Did she come to you and say, John, I'm done? Did it? Did you go to her? Did y'all just have a sit down and cry it out? What yeah, happened? No, it was a pro. It was a pro. I, I tried, and she did too. But we, we kept trying, you know, counseling. And I tried. I tried to. I didn't drink for a while, thinking, mm-hmm. well, maybe if I don't drink, it's going to make a difference. Yeah. And, and uh, I even went to AA for a while. I mean, was I that really your tried. choice? Was that your was choice, mine, or was yeah. that her? Yeah, it was just something I noticed that. Mm-hmm. You know what I notice is when I'm not being authentic, and I'm not. I'm not living a life that's really um in alignment with you know an authentic i, I don't know i'm trying to struggle with the words but mm-hmm. but when i'm um when i'm unsettled i notice that um habits start showing up so maybe what, it's, what's maybe that it's, when, when, when you're unsettled what well uh vices start vices showing up, okay you know? yeah so maybe i'm drinking a little more yep. or, and i was never a nightly heavy drinker but it's just like a couple of beers a night mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. and, and basically tuning out, you know, okay. and, uh, or were you watching games or were you, I mean, what were you doing when um, you're tuning out? You... Yeah, I would just be around, but I would just be a little tuned out. Okay. You know, I still put the yeah. kids to bed and stuff. I just would be, uh, and it was and, noticeable. And, and I think alcohol has a f- different effects on different people. Sure. For me, I, yeah. I'm a tuner out. Like yep. when okay. I have one beer, yep. I just almost feel my brain turn off. Where do you go? Uh, I just, I just stop caring. Okay. You know, and so if I'm with another human being or yep. my wife or partner, I'm just not really present. So you're like the best guy to go like to the river, grab some beers, grab a trailer, right? Grab right. an RV, right. just throw the, you know, throw the grill out, right. you know, and just chill and decompress yeah. is it, what I'm hearing. That's me. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. a tune out thing. And, and I was always kind of the guy that was the one who would, you know, I remember back in college with roommates, I'd be the one where we'd get off work and I'd be the one going, where, where are we getting the beer? Where are we going to grab the beer? Mm-hmm. And my, I remember my, my, my best friend one time going, Dude, what's your rush? And I was like, "That's a weird question." I'm like, aren't you yeah. in a rush too? Like, <laughs> like I'm like, we're Why 19, aren't you rushed, right? We're, this this is not what we do. But he man. wasn't as much of a rush to get that first beer where I was. So I mean, yeah. I've always kind of had beer. Alcohol has always been a little bit of a game for me okay. all my life. Um, and uh, and I still drink, and and but I just I'm real aware that when I drink, mm-hmm. I try to be more conscious of the the times I drink because I know that. You know, it, it's kind of something that I used to tune out. And well, so, some of us that drink, and, and I do as well, and I, I try to drink in moderation. Sometimes I fail myself, but mm-hmm. the you know, it sounds like that you were the type, and or are the type that when you drink, you're going to go into chill mode. Some others get aggressive, right? Yeah. Did you ever find yourself yeah. where you were? Well, I would be short, okay. I think, and so there were moments I saw myself being short with the kids mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, or my ex mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, or even today, I mean, like I said, I have to be, yeah. So, so yeah. But I'm, I'm not too aggressive. It's more of a tune out thing. And so, like, like now, if if my, you know, wife and I are gonna have a, a serious conversation or talk about something, like 
our date nights, I'll I'll try to not drink for a little while. Okay. While we have most of that conversation, because I know if I have a couple of glasses of wine, <laughs> and probably her too, yeah, we'll still have the conversation. Yeah. But it's not going to be as as um, as fruitful. Was it like you know? uh, when you're having your cocktails and someone's talking to you, and you, it's like they're lioness or what's his name from Charlie Brown, right? <laughs> <laughs> wah, 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 wah. Yeah. No, I think that's true. I mean, that's probably true. Um, yeah. So now I really I notice when those things start creeping up. Whether it's drinking or I, I've always kind of had a little bit of a tobacco issue, you know, or habit, let's call it, um, is that, off is and it, on. Is it smoking? Is it snuff? Snuff, because okay. mm-hmm. you can do that yep. all day, basically. Yep. Um, and, uh, the, you know, there's other th- ways you can tune out. You can obs- you can obsess. Like, I've, I've had about 35 cars in my life. Okay. I'm kind of a car guy. Okay. And so I kind of learned to not to do it in a way that I don't, you know, I don't go buy new cars and waste a lot. I mean, I, I kind of trade cars. Okay. Um, so that's a little bit and, of an and obsession. A lot of times I make money at it, yeah. but, but you can be sitting at, at what would be normally work time mm-hmm. or maybe time with a spouse yep. and be thinking about the next sure. car. So it's like a, it's like that material. Well, it could be any vice, right? Yeah. In, in your case, it, it So I just vehicles. start noticing when I get, when those things start popping up, there's something I need to, to yeah. there's something to look at. So, something to look at. So some of these were what eventually led to the relationship not working. And, and, you know, well, not only so. that, I want to say this too. Some of those are the reason why I was success. I have had success in the mortgage business. There's no doubt. Because no doubt. You I would be use obsessed. those because do it. Did I want to get up yeah. and work? Did I want to stay up late and and work after the kids were in bed until midnight? Hell no, I didn't. Mm-hmm. But if I had a drink right there, mm-hmm. I could do it better. If I had a snuff them, if I had nicotine in my system, mm-hmm. it made it easier. Okay. If I thought, hey, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to binge watch a TV show. Mm-hmm. After I'm done and stay up till now, I'm even staying up later. So like it, it's like I would reward myself. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how successful I would have been without these things. Well, I you think know? that those, like you said, I think you probably used the the perfect description that those were vices, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think part of that might have something to do with it. The other part, or you know, the driving force, like what we touched on a little earlier, that you know helped you become who you are and who you were then, but. You know, as as you're transitioning out of that relationship, what was that? What was that feeling like? Of course, you you know now you're a split family and you mm-hmm. have the kids that you're sharing, and you're still at that time you were doing really well. Now, when was it? When was it in mortgage that you started really feeling like okay, I'm crushing it? Right? You mentioned four yeah. to five hundred thousand that yeah, you were making. I mean, I don't know. It was probably ten years in or something, maybe a little less. I mean, it's probably maybe even sooner than that. I mean, I remember I started getting awards and I worked at Bank of America for a while and I was the number one. You know, local lender there. You know, well, but say but that I, say that out loud. You were the number one lender for B of A, B of A locally, and I'm I'm assuming that there were a ton of originators. Well, I wasn't number one. I was number two. There's a guy named Devlin. Yeah, you know us guys. We're going to stretch yeah. it out. You yeah, always well, roll up. But I, I was, you know, I was, I was, I was, I did well. Um, uh, I was the guy. The manager would be like, the, "Let's have a meeting." And John, tell us how you're doing it, so everybody yeah. else can learn from. You know, I was, yeah. I was, I was always kind of not always, but a lot of times in my career, I was that guy. But you know, well, that's why you you're ever, here. Did you ever you asked that? And it's interesting because did you ever have a point in your career when you looked around and you made more money than you thought? You know, you'd surpassed that six figures, and mm-hmm. and and you have the house, the family, the kids are healthy. You know, a little bit of money in the bank, and at the and you look around and go, wait, something is still wrong. Mm-hmm. I think uh, for me, that's every day. Still every day. Yeah, still every day. Wow. Because I think that it comes with uh, 
it sounds like we're mm-hmm. wired similarly, yeah. similarly yeah. Uh, in the sense that I have to check myself at the door, and I'm not very good at this, where I go, dude, you have really everything that you could yeah. ever have imagined and, and more, and, and I'm still not satisfied, mm. right? I'm not satisfied with myself. I'm not satisfied with how I treat my wife, even though I love her and respect her and treat her, I think, amazingly 90% of the time. It's the other 10% of the time that I'm not the best version of myself. Mm-hmm. In business, I'm the same way with my kids. You know, they're my everything, but I'm not the best dad I could be at all times. And so I think that, you know, to answer your question, no, I'm far from it. And, and I struggle mm-hmm. with that. And it sounds like you do a little bit as well. I do. I think I've really come to terms with it. I, 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 um, you know, you asked the question, like, when did I feel successful? I mean, at that point where I, I had reached maybe the third level of success, you know, first you want to get a house and make a hundred grand. Mm-hmm. Right. And then okay. it's like, I, I, was that I, about I, checking I, boxes I, like earlier I, in life? I was sitting in, I, my, my, my ex-wife and I had, had moved to Liberty Hill. We had five acres. Okay. We had horses. Okay. We had beautiful property. Um, had a pool. Yeah. You know, kids are happy. And you were all checking those boxes. You go. Ahead. I had all the boxes checked. Yeah, okay. I mean, all beyond the really were originally. I had, I had all the boxes checked. Okay. And I remember sitting out. You know, because I remember my wife and I were super disconnected at the time. My yeah. ex-wife, and she'd be in bed. And I'd be up at like midnight, and I'd be sitting next to the pool outside on five acres looking around. Beautiful. Just yeah. everything's beautiful. Big skies, scars everywhere. Yeah. And completely empty. And and going. With a beer in your hand? Uh, maybe. Or a cocktail? Well, something, that was during that time yeah, where I was like, maybe I, I was trying not to drink. So, I didn't, But yeah, I mean, it was like it just completely empty. And and um, it started me on this path, this kind of spiritual journey where where I I – Basically, I had a, th- a therapist describe it to me, and, and it, like, I'm not prescribing this to anybody because it, it's you, you, people can stay in that state and be happy and, and die, mm-hmm, you know, be true. fine, yep. and, and everything's okay, and mm-hmm. nothing's really wrong. But for me, I was like, this ain't it. Yeah, this ain't it. Okay. And um, I basically, the, the therapist used this word like b- blowing it up. I basically blew it up. Okay. I, I you just blew it I all just up. Unwound and, it all. Okay. I ended up, you know, long story short, we got I got divorced. Which okay. Divorced by. How does that of, happen though? Right. I mean, I know how it happened with like. Do well, you go to your wife and say, "Hey, this isn't working," <laughs> or does yeah. she come to you and go, "John, I'm I'm out." We, we had a lot of conversations around that time, and and it and we were in therapy, and 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 it neither one of us wanted to make the calls. What yeah, it was. Yeah. And 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 you know, it's like. We would do kind of like a little. I would go, you know, go with to a friend's house for a night or two, and then come back. And mm-hmm. like neither one of us, because it it really was probably our focus on the kids. Yeah. You, you can't avoid a divorce having an impact on the kids. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and 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 at the time we had a, th- I think my daughter, my youngest daughter was three, two, two, mm-hmm. I think, and mm-hmm. and she was kind of the light of our lives, and and it was like to imagine that, you know, put. And again, I had the story that I was—I sure. was not going to be like my parents. Yep, yep, yep. So, I remember that. So it was, it was a yeah. hard thing to get to. And and, and finally, I, I sat down and said, um, I had some great mentors, and mm-hmm. and and uh, kind of I would call this one particular guy kind of a spiritual advisor, and okay. and he took me through the process. And um, uh, during that time, and boy, we can get into stories about how I got there. But and I, I got to. to this place where I was really quiet with myself, and the message I got was, "Let her go." Okay. Let her go. Yeah. And what I realized is I was still holding on, still trying to be hold it all together. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't helping her and it wasn't helping me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
and and so you know i just i the next day or that night i can't remember but i would talk and say i'm ready to get a divorce and then yeah. it's funny because it gets a little personal but well, she she filed the next morning so she was ready too it just it was hard for either somebody one of us. just had to initiate we just it had and, to be yeah. the, i had to you know we we had to agree to be the bad guys well you know, you know a lot of guys most guys will hold on right and mm-hmm. see whether they're you know, they, their perception is they're a great husband, great father, provider, what have you, whether they're completely faithful, whether there's a ton of infidelity, whatever there is in between, right? Yeah. Women, from what I understand, right? Once they, once they've made the decision that they're done, they're done. And a lot mm-hmm. of times something mm-hmm. is happening in their lives where they go, okay, I can now transition because, you know, if you're the caretaker, they need to be feeling, they need to feel like they're being taken care of. Right. In one way or another. Well, yeah. And, and I mean, that's true. Like, and, and I had to be, get real clear with myself that mm-hmm. I, I was trying to be this, this great husband, but I'd also, I was done. Yeah. I really was done. Yeah. And I just wasn't able to, to deal with that reality. Yeah. Um, well, it's not an easy one to deal yeah. with. And you, you mentioned, and I think that's, uh, I'd like to maybe uh, dive in a little deeper on the mentoring that you mentioned, you know, you yeah. had someone in your life at that time. I mean, that's what, you know, that's what this program and this audience is, you know, what they're searching for, what they're looking for is, in my opinion, you know, the opportunity to say, okay, you know, what did I learn earlier in life? What am I learning now? What can I teach? What, you know, mm. what have I been teached? What people have entered my life that have helped me be the better version of myself? So tell me a little bit about that individual that you said that was sure. a mentor and, and maybe touch on a, on, on a couple of others that really helped you become the better version of yourself or maybe some that, you know, were helped you pivot to go a different direction because of what they shared with you, what they taught you. Well, I've always, I've had a, a coach, I, I, you know, kind of latched onto the idea of that a coach would be good for me mm-hmm. pretty early on. And okay. so I've had a coach, uh, early on in business life coach. Okay. What I find mm-hmm. is a lot of times people are called business coaches, but it's, it's equally about life, yeah. you know, and some people just call themselves life coaches yeah. and it's life and business, but, yep. but it's, um, uh, you know, early on I, I got involved with buy referral only back uh-huh. in the day, yep. Uh, yep. which is still around, but out of, I, I, out I of San Diego. A, yeah. 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 I did so Joe Stumpf, uh-huh. I went, he used to have these yeah. three day seminars and yeah. stuff. And, and I got did you a lot have, of, did you have the sheet that had like the squares on it, the green and the red? And I know. Yeah. I, yeah I, had I, that. I have that somewhere yeah. still. Uh, what do they call that? But yeah, I, you know, and so, um, and he, and, and so I had like Be a, a raving coach advocate. To me. I remember that was one of them. Raving yeah. advocate. Yeah. 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 And, and now, um, so it started with that and then, then maybe pivoted to a couple other industry like Todd Duncan today mm-hmm. is still pretty big. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. My brother actually isn't doing Todd Duncan, mm-hmm. but at some point, maybe 10 years in, I actually got a, I got a hired one-on-one coach, you know, I hired okay. a one-on-one coach and, and, Were um, they local or was it digital? Was uh, it? He was local, and okay. what I did is I, I talked to a, a real estate broker uh, okay. here in town. I, I won't mention who it is, but but I was like, you know, you seem like you have a pretty good life, and we started talking. Somehow we got into she has a coach, and I said, okay. well, who's that? And I yeah. s- so I I called him, and his name's Rafe, and um, he uh, started work with him. And um, and when was that? Uh, that was probably two thousand thirteen, fourteen. Okay, uh, maybe you know somewhere in there, and and. He and forgive me, me real quick, real yeah. quick. You went through divorce in seventeen. Yeah. So in thirteen, fourteen, and you mentioned in oh twelve, that's when you really started crushing it. Yeah. So was that that desire to have that coach? Uh, did that 
did that build up from the Joe Stump to the Dodd, Todd mm-hmm. Duncan and go, man, I need more. Mm-hmm. I need something more personal that's not a program per se. Mm-hmm. I need someone who can maybe be my accountability partner and a life coach. I mean, what drove you to that particular? I, I don't know. I, I, my The idea of what he would do for me was probably more around business planning and accountability. Okay. Um, but what it turned into was much more about life. Okay. And, and, um, and, and he helped me through that process of getting honest with myself. Mm-hmm. Like, and not, what was that, what was that financial commitment? Right. Was it, yeah, was it, it was monthly? Like, was it, it was annual? Like a thousand a month. Thousand a month. Yeah. And you feel like that, that thousand a month that it paid you back in spades? Oh my, it's, I, I, I hope he's not, <laughs> I'll probably tell charge you enough. this, but <laughs> yeah. he should have charged me a lot more. Yeah. And, and I just don't think that's not who he is. He's yeah. not, but, but yeah, when you really look at it, um, it, it it's a, it was it changed it changed my life and yeah. and, uh, and look it, it I feel like this could be a ten hour podcast mm-hmm. right but well, I've had to come to terms with like the saying I, you know for me the divorce while it was hard on all of us yeah on the other side of it and what was what came out of it is is um being you know instead of doing I mean if we're talking about just business side yeah. of it and this was never the goal or what my vision but. What came out of the freedom I got, and the you know it was that instead of doing 150 units, I was able to do 600 units mm-hmm. for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And and uh, you know, and, and this is going to be a down year, and I don't know how many units, but I know about you know our volume will be still around 100 million. You know, even in a kind of a yeah. crappy year. So, so it was able, it was allowed me the freedom to build this team that has paid back spades, not just to me, yeah, but the the you know what I've been able to offer to my kids and and who I am and and. And you know, not being this scared, fear-based person that was wasn't you didn't know who I was mm-hmm. to being able to be present. It, anyway, it, it all it all having a coach was a key mm-hmm. part of that. Okay, and not, and not everybody has to go through that. Not everybody has to go through divorce, but just having a coach help you just stay present. I would call it mm-hmm. a um, coach slash mentor yeah. slash yeah. Um, you know, I, like you said, life coach. So, so that, that was Rave. Mm -hmm. So he, it sounds like he was your first real professional, profound mentor from a leadership perspective, not so much as a producer, but more as just from the human side. Right. Right. Okay. So before that, who, who, who were your mentors in your life that led up to that? You know, is there someone or, you know, a couple people that just really jumped out? A lot of people will say their dad or, you know, someone close to them in their family. Yeah, well, yeah, my my dad and I mean, there's my my dad certainly had a, a great influence on me. Um, I wish I'd have realized that before mm-hmm. he died. Because mm-hmm. uh, when did he pass away? He passed away in um, oh gosh, I told you I was bad with dates. I think it was about twelve. Okay, um, okay. And um, he, uh, but but yeah, I mean, but you know, really, in my family structure, my grandfather was the one that was the. Um, he was the greatest generation guy that, okay. that, had, that had become wealthy. So he was the matriarch, and, so to speak. Was he on your or mom's patriarch. side or, da- or patriarch? Patriarch. Okay. Yeah. Well, on your mom's dad's side, side. But, okay. so you call him matriarch. I don't mm-hmm. know. But he was, um, and and he had helped financially with with you know my mom, which mm-hmm. helped me. And I mean, I, I knew that he played a part in kind of helping us survive. Really. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's it, it might be going a little bit different direction, but. He was also really difficult to be with. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm really glad. Like, yeah. I wasn't my mom because right. growing up, he was a 
He was a he was, hard ass. He was an a hole. I mean, okay. he was a hard ass. He was yeah. he was really beyond. He was an asshole. You know, and, and he just he had. And I think some other some people from that generation have this is is like he grew up in kind of such poverty type situations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he's got his own story. I think from him, his when he was around twelve or thirteen, his his home burned down, mm-hmm. and they were in rural Mississippi. Okay, and when your home burns down in rural Mississippi back then, you don't have much. Yeah, you are literally have the clothes on your back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have to go to the neighbor mm-hmm. and ask for charity, mm-hmm. which I think today people don't see that as a huge thing. But back right. then, they're really proud. It was a mm-hmm. huge, yeah. a huge. He's probably a war punch. veteran, I would imagine. He didn't. Yeah. He didn't go to the war. Go okay. to war, but uh, I think it was in the service or something. Mm-hmm. But, but he, um, that was what I think drove him. Okay, and he's that was his. I'm never going to let this happen to me. Story. Yeah, but to come from that. And then have a little bit of wealth. And I mean, you might do, I, I feel like I deal with this with my kids now. I wouldn't call myself wealthy, uh, as, as wealthy as he was. But yeah. but to grow up in a nice neighborhood where money is not really a big mm-hmm. issue, you go to nice schools. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I think, had a, had a problem. He wanted his kids to, to show the level of grit that he had mm-hmm. and the seriousness about life that he had. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to teach them something. I need okay. to teach you something, you know. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's not it's not fair, or reasonable. To ask your kids like mm-hmm. they didn't grow up in that poverty situation because you created a whole different life for them. Yeah. But then you expect them to have the same perspective. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. And so what what I find is interesting having kids in college and you know their college is basically paid for and, mm-hmm. and I mean they, they they is how to keep them grounded. Mm-hmm. Um. I think it's hard in today's society. And one of the things yeah. for me, I mean, there's lots of ways I do it. I've, 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 I'm not perfect at it, but I do have great kids, and they, they work, and they, I don't, I've intentionally, even though I could probably, I intentionally don't pay all their bills, mm-hmm. never have. I've always given them just enough to kind of like pay for half the month of expenses, whatever mm-hmm. that is, half yeah. the gas, but uh-huh. you got to pay, with, you know, and it's, it's, it's worked kind of for me to keep them kind of, working on their own towards something and having, I think it gives them dignity. Yeah. But you know, like and I, I unapologetically tell my kids, I, per, I like, they haven't always been happy with their car. Like they want, they want a, you know, remember Xterra's were cool. My, my daughter wanted a, no, my daughter wanted a Jeep. An Xterra, like a Nissan Xterra? One it? of my daughters really wanted a Jeep, for example. <laughs> yeah. I bought her an Xterra. Okay. And it was a used Xterra uh-huh. for like yeah. 5,000 bucks. Sure. It got her from point A to point B. You know, yeah. they, they say that, right? But, and she was kind of annoyed by that, but I was like, I don't want you to be happy with your car because yeah. I want you to have, I want you to want to figure out a way to buy okay. the nicer car. And so you feel so. like that you got that, um, some of that from your grandfather, right? You recognize that and you, like you were well, saying, he was, he was, he was what, a hard ass in a lot what, of ways. What I but... saw is, is that what I saw in the end is that, um, he, he was, he was doing his absolute best to be a to take care of his family. Mm-hmm. And the way it showed up is he was, he was, he, he, he never quite figured out how to relate to people. I think, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, he was just a hard ass. And so I grew up with this story. Like I want to be my grandfather, mm-hmm. but I don't want to be like my grandfather. I want to be the better version of him. So yeah. how do I be successful, but also be a, a much nicer father and a much more, you know, and, and, and I had this, I had to really deal with like, can you be successful and not be an asshole? Yeah. Is it even possible? Yeah. yeah. And I still sometimes look at that, okay. you know, consider that. And and uh, I think you can, uh, but having a coach, mm-hmm. 
having maybe a spiritual practice, mm-hmm. having something to keep you grounded mm-hmm. uh, is important. Um, so what, what spiritual practices are you, are you involved with? Like, what are you doing? Uh, well, I... Have you tried ayahuasca? I that's on my list. Okay, that's on my bucket list. All right, it's, absolutely. It's 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 everything as advertised, and then some. Yeah, we'll get you down to Columbia and uh, get yes. you something real raw and organic. I, I'm, I'm great. I'm going great. again in December. <laughs> Did it in June? I, going I definitely again in December? Want to do that. Yeah. Okay. It's definitely on my list. I, I believe I believe in it, even though I've not yet. It's plant plant medicine, man. Yeah. The um, you know, I I do I do med- I I meditate. I uh, it, it it what what's interesting about spirituality is you it's hard to describe a lot yeah. of things really hard to describe yeah. but i just know what i do and it works mm-hmm. um you do well, you do any have you done anything herbal wise you know in mushrooms have you like anything well, that, that you help like a psychedelic well, that what takes might you be there? helpful is to figure out my spiritual path which is is you know you, you have to wake up at some point okay and for me the wake up was that was the divorce mm-hmm. and the aftermath of that okay and having to really deal with the pain that I had put other people through, mm-hmm. um, based on my decisions and own them. Like, okay. um, like, I Hey, I, I created all this and I yeah. created this quote, light, great life. And then I tore it all apart, mm-hmm. you know, based on my decisions. Um, there's a funny, sometimes there's a funny needed, story. Though, John. Yeah. yeah well, no, it is. Yeah. Well, and, and that's why I say, I mean, I now help coach people through this mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be a divorce cause that's just my story. Mm-hmm. There's other ways you can go through this process, Yeah. but most people were generally happy not going through it. Yeah. But they're generally happy. Yeah. And they're probably, you know, they may not be healthy. They may be great. Right. You know, they're, they're not, but they're generally happy. If you want to, if you want to, it gets a little heady, but if you yeah. want to kind of wake up in like a lot of people talk about the movie, the matrix, Yep, it's like something has to wake you up. And for me, that process was, I remember this is kind of a funny story. I mean, talking about real estate, do we have time? Of course. Um, yeah. Yeah, we're good. So um, after I divorced, um, I ended up renting a house. So you know how sometimes when you're unsettled, you go back to whatever you might consider home, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so um, we had to sell the five acres and the horses, and I had to look at my daughter in the eye and tell her I'm, we're selling her horse because mm-hmm. we can't afford it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so many tough moments. Um, and I ended up, th- through circumstances, the, uh, there was a house for rent in my old neighborhood. The house that we owned before we went and and bought the five acres okay. in Cedar Park. Okay. And, you know, it, and it's funny because the, before we bought the five acres and basically I, I was, like you said, I was, I, we were actually pretty generally happy, but I had to have more. Right. Mm-hmm. But at that house, before we sold it, you know, we had like 50% equity in it. We were on a 15 year mortgage. You know, it was, mm-hmm. we were on track to like mm-hmm. be the, you know, paid off. Yep. And then we went and bought the five acres and blew a bunch of money and yep. got a divorce. You know, it's mm-hmm. like funny. So I was, I rented the house next door to the house. So I used to own the house next door. I'm renting the house where next y'all door. had lived. Yes. So it, it brought back a lot of memories. It, it was maybe in a way you not wanting to let well, go of. It was so interesting how it happened. Um, the bedroom of the house I rented was on the corner of the house that faced my, my, the house I previously owned mm-hmm. and my bed, when I was laying on my pillow at night, looking out the window, I would look into the kitchen and there's a ceiling fan that I had hung <laughs> in the kitchen of the next door neighbor's house that I used to own. Okay. So I'm and laying in bed you, where you were, that's where alone, you lived with your wife. divorced. Uh-huh. At the time, I, you know, I, I had had a lot of guilt about the divorce because mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. the breadwinner and, yep. and she was going to have to now sort of start over. Yeah. That I had given her. We didn't have a lot of wealth, but I gave her everything we had. Yeah. I, I took on all the debt that we had, and I had agreed to a 
and this isn't tooting my horn, it's just what I did, but I agreed to a, a, a level of um, spousal support mm-hmm. that was, I didn't even know how I was going to pay for it, right. but yeah. I figured it out. But but my attorney was even like, are you sure you want to pay? I was like, I just had so much guilt about it. Okay. Knowing, you know, so I'm laying in bed with no money, tons of debt. This is 17. And I'm looking out the window at the house I used to own next door. This is five I'm, years I'm in a ago, rental man. house. Yeah. But yeah, this is only, yeah. yeah. And and there were laying in that bed at night and dealing with that, you know, there were nights I was, I wasn't really ever suicidal, but I thought about it. I mm-hmm. thought, well, that might, maybe this, you know, I, and, and, you know, crying. Did you have life insurance? Sometimes I was laughing. Did you have life insurance? I mean, was that yeah, part of insurance. the, yeah. you're like, okay, yeah, I can kill myself. Uh, my she girls will get a million dollars or whatever it is. Yeah. She'll get, okay. Yeah. And I, I mean, I never got super close, but it, 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 I at least considered it. Okay. You know, and, 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 uh, and, you know, sometimes I was just laughing hysterically at the situation. I mean, yeah. just all these emotions and, and what it, that process allowed me to do with the help of a coach, uh-huh. um, uh, and the top. Which of I love that I you keep coming back to that. Yeah. Right. I think that there's a tremendous amount of value in, in me hearing this from you, even you verbalizing it for yourself. That just continues to validate the importance of having somebody, whether it's a life coach or a mentor, in their lives, helping give them direction. Absolutely. Yeah. And reminding of who they are. Yeah. Whatever that means, mm-hmm. right? I mean, a lot of these things. It's like, what does that mean? Well, you have to go through it. I think sometimes, mm-hmm. but. But what he helped coach me through was realizing that part of what I was letting go of is the idyllic, like these roles I had for myself mm-hmm. of being a father, of being a breadwinner, of being successful, um, of being a son. Being Like I went through a process that where I let go of all that. Mm-hmm. And I got to the, like, who is John? Mm-hmm. Got to the core and what of does you John are, yeah. want? Not uh-huh. what is the 13-year-old yeah. Who observed his parents run out of money and was trying to be better than them. Mm-hmm. Get rid of that. Like, okay. like sometimes people call it complete in the past, but okay. it's like I got to the point of I'm laying in bed here. I'm 43. I'm basically at nothing. Mm-hmm. I, have, mm-hmm. I have nothing. I, I'm on the edge of bankruptcy mm-hmm. and just not caring. Mm-hmm. And 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 you, some of you is some people might call it a hitting bottom. Okay. Some people, this happens, they get hit by a bus. Okay. Or they lose a leg, yeah. you know, or they go through cancer. Right. So there's different ways that sure. people, this process can happen for you. Or they, or they're, they're, somebody close to them dies. Yep. But for me, this is how, this was my process. Mm-hmm. And when I got to that point where I had nothing out, I just saw myself as like, just, um, you know, shed all those identities. Mm-hmm. I started to be able to go, okay. Instead of making decisions based on fear, what do I want? Like, I, there's nothing else I could really lose at this mm-hmm, point. Mm-hmm. So what do I want? Okay. And and what was it? And what like, I got was there to an aha moment? is I is I and I was even ready to leave the mortgage business. Okay. I was even I had even I was ready to be the guy that was anti mortgage. As weird as that sounds. Okay. I was I started going okay. Mortgage is actually is from the Latin word is actually death pledge. Okay. And I'm like, what's well, a death pledge? I'm helping people get. I mean, it was bizarre <laughs> where my head went with some of this stuff. Well, uh, when you go through a divorce yeah. and transition, like your head will go. I was going to do a podcast about how to. Kept, <laughs> I was going to be like the next. Uh, what is the guy that helps people get out of debt? Um, oh, uh, Dave Ramsey. Yeah, I was going to be like or, the next Dave Ramsey talking about how people pay their mortgage <laughs> off instead of getting a mortgage. It was the weirdest. Yeah, thing. I yeah, was going through. You had made that decision I, after you were like completely no, broken, bankrupt. At the I had time, even right? said, I, I'm letting go of being a mortgage guy. Yeah, I, I'm going to open it up. And be like, what do I? And so, but but what it allowed me to do is is realize, hey, I actually really like the people part of the mortgage business. I, I read, fell in love with the mortgage business. Okay. And 
I started doing it because I loved it again. Through that discovery. Through, through that, that discovery. Okay. Uh-huh. And and I stopped trying to be the best father, the best husband, mm-hmm. the best friend. Okay. Not even trying to be the best mortgage, but I just started doing what what I loved and it happened to still be the mortgage business. Okay. So I like kind of fell back in love with it. Yeah. And what ended up happening is, you know, people started showing up mm-hmm. and wanted to join, jump on my boat. I think that's oh, important. The other man. thing is, yeah, I had I had a team of like fifteen, and I, at that point, I had like me and a, and a processor. Thank God she didn't quit on me. Yep. Mm-hmm. And she worked in my in the living room, I, the house I rented at the time because I didn't okay. have an office. Yep. I was so to 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 go from that. Yeah. To, you know, doing six hundred units in four or five years. Mm-hmm. The only way I can explain that is that I went through that process before that. Would you, know? you say that it was, uh, you know? I'm a true believer. And in fact, I mean, I don't, there's no question in my mind about energy, right. Mm-hmm. And, and how important that is and how energy flow is and, you know, uh, who you surround yourself by, you know, I think that's a, I think that's a good opportunity for us to maybe touch on that. You know, those people that are part of your life now mm-hmm. versus those people that were part of your life, then uh, you start to, you know, I look at it as a, as a opportunity to transform into the, again, the better version of yourself and who you surround yourself by, right? You're the average of the five people mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. Uh, that you spend the most time of your life with, you know, outside of your family. So who is it? You know, you have your brothers, which mm-hmm. are very yeah. significant in your life, and yeah. they're your business partners, right? And um, tell me a little bit about not so much them, but you know, maybe maybe them, but the top two or three or four or five people in your life that you spend the most time with. Tell me about them from a spiritual standpoint. From an economic standpoint, you know, why are they critical mass in your life right now? And it may not be your best friends, right? Some right. of my best friends I don't spend very much time with, but they're my brothers or my sisters, yeah. right? So, well, I I look for people who are have probably gone through a similar process and are and are really doing what they're doing um, to, to make a difference for people. Okay. And, and, and it's hard to figure that out sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, are people still doing it really? Cause they're trying to be the best and trying to play into their ego. Mm-hmm. Like I was, mm-hmm. or are they just, I, I think of you that, that way. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't think I wouldn't be sitting here with you if I felt, felt like you had a, an agenda beyond making a difference for, mm-hmm. I guess the listener. Yeah. And, and you, as limited of a relationship we have, you made a difference for me. I mean, I, I can tell. So, um, you know, that includes my coach. Um, I have, you know, a couple of buddies. I don't have a really big group though. And um, forgive me, your coach, yeah. is it still Ray? He's Ryan? still Rafe. Yeah. Oh, Rafe? I, I've let him, I, I call it going off leash, leash, but I, I've, <laughs> I've used him for a while. And then when I get to the point, that's the funny thing with a coach, when you get to the point where you know exactly what he's going to say uh-huh, uh-huh. and you're going to come to him with yeah. the same problem you've come to him before yeah. and he, you know exactly, yeah, like, it's okay. This is time, in my opinion, yeah. what's worked for me to go off leash for a while and go, yeah. Hey, you're not gonna like he's gonna say the same thing, and you're not gonna yeah. listen to him. So mm-hmm. go figure it on your own for yeah. a while, and maybe you, maybe there's some dignity in that, and it mm-hmm. works. But I've gone off leash a few times, and, okay. uh, but I'm back with them because I'm now trying to, um, I'm kind of going through that process. We talked, I talked earlier about like I, I, I met, met these goals. Mm-hmm. Did I ever, did I ever really thought think I'd hit, I'd be the number fourth lender in Austin? I always kind of wanted to do it, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure I ever believed it. But it mm-hmm. happened. Yeah, and and. And and I'm now ready for a different challenge. Okay, you know, I'm not going to leave the mortgage business. Yeah, but I guess it. I've reached enough of a. There's something else for me out there. Okay, and so I'm I'm kind of going through that process. And so I think having a coach in your life is is great during that yeah. that 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 um 
inquiry. Okay. Um, so, I mean, yeah, my coach, I mean, I, my, I can't say enough about my wife. You mm-hmm. know, I, um, I found her, you know, during a time that, that, um, you know, during that transition time I was talking about earlier. And, mm-hmm. and so it's great to have the right, you know, a partner. Yeah. Um, um, and, uh, you know, well, a couple, you, a couple you, of good I, buddies. I mean, that's really, yeah. I mean, uh-huh. that, and, and I have to do, I mean, I, I, um, I have to spend, have a lot of good quiet time. Yeah. Um, okay. you know, meditating. I mean, so mm-hmm. it's not always like a human being in my life, but it's, it's, it's being with myself. Okay. And, and, you know, I, I've heard it described, you know, you can coach people to try to like consult with them or give them ideas, or you can see it as the brilliance is in them mm-hmm. and you're mm-hmm. helping, helping them discover it. You know, and so saying, I have to keep in mind, I have to find my brilliance because yeah. I believe that too about me and you and everybody else. Yep. Like, like the best answer is the one that comes from within. Okay. So. And, and it's, it's like they say from a financial standpoint, but I think this can carry over to an emotional standpoint is that you, you pay yourself first. Right when you get yeah. the paycheck, you know Uncle Sam's going to get yeah. their forty percent, you know your mortgage and everybody else, and then your the fun toys that you have. But pay yourself first, and I think emotionally, I think that's even more critical mass. Right, that you're we're ex, we're expelling all of this energy, you know. And if we just say, you know, from a mortgage perspective, there's a lot that's being asked out of us for good reason, and there's a and we feel like that we have to perform and we have to crush it. And the last couple of years have been just magical from an income perspective, right. but have been, I don't want to say, I think devastating is too strong of a word to use, but very difficult from a, a work-life balance, right? Well. For me. Uh, for, it sounds for like you. for you, you've got a for great no, team. No, I, 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 I figured out how to do it differently this time. And, uh, and I, well, and that's I, the secret sauce. I mean, it, 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 it is 60 seconds. How do you do it differently? <laughs> right. I need to know this. I need to tape this. Oh man. <laughs> it's, 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 um, it's, 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 how do you say that? Right. It's definitely about having the right people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have to give credit, um, to, you know, there, there's, I have to, I call it Janie in my life. Janie is my processor who, mm-hmm. who, as we ramped up and during that refi boom and she started prior to that, but she was just amazing mm-hmm. and, uh, she's no longer works for me. It's kind of, it's kind yeah. of interesting about how life changes, but um, she, she decided it was time for her to do something else, but after helping grow that team, that mm-hmm. allowed us to, you know, being an initial buyer, my brothers. I mean, I think you're, you're work, working, work, like... working with family is really magical. Um, it can be, it, 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 it can, can be, be. Yeah. you know, you're right. I mean, I worked with my brother Rhett three, at least twice before that didn't yeah. work out. Yeah. Uh, but part of the reason it works now is because my ego is, I don't, I don't have the same, I'm just not the, the jerk I was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I can see. And give him the space to be who he is, and 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 have some dignity, and at the office, and for him at to, the yeah. office, and so I'm a different. You know, he just says like, "You're a whole different person." But <laughs> but I mean, like, Thank when, you. when you figure it out, it's really neat. I mean, you see a lot of family businesses that do really well, and then mm-hmm. sometimes they don't. But I love working with my brothers. I love working with family, uh, and and the other folks on my team too, of course. Um, but it, it's neat working with people when you have the kind of relationship that you can just be straight with them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you have employees, you can't. Mm-hmm. Because maybe because there's even rules like there's laws around mm-hmm. <laughs> how straight you want to be with them, yeah. but you know it's nice to be able to go, hey, hey, call this person, yeah, and they're not be like, well, why did he talk me that way, yeah. or why would why he had an understand. attitude, yeah. yeah, yeah, or he could, they can do the same thing with me, yeah. It, it, so 
whatever that is, yeah. it happened. In my case, it's I work with my brothers, and and we can be that way. And when then, y'all have grown up together, so they yeah. know your personality. They yeah. know, yeah. So I think yeah. it's cool, and you, I found that to be neat. Um, and then I have to give credit to part, where I'm in my journey of life. You know, mm-hmm. is like I'm really trying to uh, relate to people better, and, mm-hmm. and I. I, I not that I like, have to, but I think I want. I want to. Mm-hmm. You're really great at that, Steve. I, um, but, but it's like I want to. I do keep people kind of at arm's length, mm-hmm. and so I want to get through that because, um, th- the problem with that is, is that you don't always see the contribution they're making to you because you kind of. I have a little bit of a, a pest, like a pest, like I, I think I think everybody's got an agenda. Uh-huh. And um, so getting, I want to work do. through that. I mean, let's go. Well, what do. is right? I yeah. mean. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you have an agenda. Yeah. I have an agenda. And that agenda is, you know, it might be about being a great human being. It might be about uh, my agenda today might be that I want to be the better version of myself versus what I was five or 10 or 15 years ago. Yeah. You may have someone that has an agenda, like an angle from a business perspective. Mm -hmm. And I have people in my life that are that way too. But I understand that, you know what, they have an agenda. But they're a good, they're a good dude or a good guy. I mean, I tell my wife that all the time. She's like, "Why are you spending time with so and so?" I'm like, "If you just understood that, I get it." But they are there's a real wholeness about them that most people don't see. And I try to drill in on that, and you and you discover something. You can discover mm-hmm. something really juicy mm-hmm. in that individual that you're like, "That guy, that guy wasn't." You know, well, you find out he's not an asshole. Yeah. Ultimately, but if I could, you know, on that agenda yeah, part. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think ultimately we all do. It's just, you know, where are you in that evolution? Well, I just, I mean, I feel like part of this podcast for me, I, I want to give credit to a lot of those folks. Mm-hmm. I mean, like um, you're going to have, you're going to have John McClellan on <laughs> and, and, you know, they're, I've worked with him on and off for a few years, you know, in the past. And I don't think I always gave him the credit. You know, mm-hmm. he, he's the one who gave me my first shot at having a branch. Mm-hmm. I remember he's like, I'm going to show you behind the curtain here, you know, yeah, yeah. how the numbers work uh-huh. and, 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 and the that, that was that that was yeah. that led me le- that allowed me to level up you know, mm-hmm. in that in that moment. Um, there's other managers, Charlie Jackson at Bank of America, um, other managers. All along, I've I've had a lot of great folks in my life. I've had I've had people that work for me mm-hmm. that because we did great things, but it ended it didn't end well. Mm-hmm. One of those is Christy Rendon, and and she's gone on to start. Uh, she was my loan officer assistant, and she was amazing. Mm-hmm. And it got to this point where I don't know why I got, just got bitter about it. I thought I was paying her too much, and okay. she thought probably didn't think I was paying her. We just paying her enough. we ended yeah. it's like a divorce. Yeah. It was really mm-hmm. hard because we worked really closely yeah. for a couple of years, and and we still are a little incomplete about it. I would yeah. say, or at least maybe I think I'm incomplete about yeah. it. But and but she's gone on to start her own mortgage practice and doing amazing. She's Fantastic. doing amazing. She's amazing. But but so there's lots of people on the way that have given me credit that that um. Um, that you don't always see those, mm-hmm. those you know, they, they, they seem like adversaries sometimes. Like mm-hmm. you said, when you peel the onion back, they're really just trying to help you out. Yeah. But they have rules. And you know, sometimes it's like, they're, well, they're there you for a reason, my way. Too. I'm going to help you, but here's the way we're going to do it. And it seems like they're adversarial, but they're really just trying to protect themselves too. Yeah. Right. Well, and I, I think that, you know, in that, in that sense that we're, we're here for a reason, right? People come into our lives for a reason. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt in my mind. And, and we have a, choice to turn left or turn right or go straight, you know, and that can be, you know, from a literal standpoint or from an emotional standpoint. Right. And so it sounds like that you've, you you know, through your progressions that you've, you've, I'm not going to say that any of us have ever come full circle, but you're getting close. Right. And, and, you know, 
you had mentioned to me uh, prior to our visit today that you know that you're going to be uh, moving into another chapter of your life. You're not going to be spending as much time originating, and right. you've got a great team in place, and you have great systems in place. And I think that's important for those of us that are in our world, mm-hmm. someone like myself that I always think that I have to be in the trenches. And you are a you know you're a perfect example of if you build the system and you build a great team and you're a good human being and you're good to your partners, in, in your case, your brothers and your, your loan assistants and your marketing, you know, your head of marketing, that you can have a system that will work yeah, yeah. without you having to be there. And so what's, what's next? What, what's, what's next and well, what's your end game? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say I figured out the end game yet. Um, I, I was, you know, I, what, what I'm spending more of my time on lately is, is coaching mm-hmm. and, and what that looks like a variety of things. Uh, so far I haven't ever been, I haven't been paid to coach yet. Okay. But are you I, coaching people here in like in Austin or are you coaching people yeah. like through a, is there a system? It could be or? anywhere really. Okay. Uh, you know, are nowadays you with technology. I'm, I'm not yet. I haven't quite figured out how I want to do it, but, but I, I want to spend more of my time. Okay. Um, Helping people through through whatever they're yeah. if they have a challenge, and not yeah. everybody needs help, but if they do, I want to be there to help them. And you're um, not talking about just mortgage; you're talking about no. life coach. Yeah, life okay. coach. Okay. Um, so I'm kind of building that practice and my my skills around that, mm-hmm. um, and um, continuing the mortgage business. Um, work with my my wife runs a real estate team, kind of helping her out. So so just not so you know totally focused on building mm-hmm. a mortgage team, just kind of spreading out a little bit and. and uh, seeing with that and i've it's interesting i've seen people do this have, have you, you've seen this probably where like they reach some sort of pinnacle in a business and they mm-hmm. just like drop off we're not mm-hmm. going to drop off yeah. shootsy brothers yeah. is like i say we're we're still as a team going on but but that individual sometimes kind of like goes off and does something else and i've um that may be kind of my story yeah you know um yeah. where it's like i may not be super involved in mortgages i'm but i'm in that transitional stage and y'all branded yourself, right? You branded yourself as the Schusey Brothers. Yeah. You know? And it's well, not just about you, it's your team. That was key. And I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm working with loan people and, and, and Max. Over, one of the reasons I joined them, one of the key reasons is he's got a really great system over there. And yeah. so it gives, it allows me to not be the one having to uh, lead as much yeah. and, and figure out you know, answer all the questions because he's got this great team for my brothers. He figured out a while back, you know, we're talking about Max Lehman, you know, he's always been one of the top producers, if not the top producer in our market and and across the country. I mean, the guy's a total beast, you know, and we'll have him on here at some point as well. But, you know, you being part of that team and seeing how their systems work and it sounds like that that's made some, you know, that for you. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to plug in. I mean, you know, I I give a lot of credit to my prior company, um, the home loan expert and Ryan Kelly who runs that. He, I couldn't have done the same level of production, I don't think, mm-hmm. without him because mm-hmm. he's he is also kind of a beast. And he, yeah. he he was like, "This is our time. We're gonna do as many loans as we can." And yeah. so having that top top down attitude was mm-hmm. was helpful. Um, but 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 you know, the systems were you kind of ran things at a branch level. Mm-hmm. But what I think Max has figured out is kind of at a corporate level how to have a really really great really well-run company with mm-hmm. really great people. Okay. And so that gives me a little more freedom to say, hey, my brother's going to be okay. My team's going to be okay. They have great leadership. It doesn't have to be me. Mm-hmm. So that's that's part of why I made that move. Yeah. And, I, and he's, you know, he's got room to hire the people too. So yeah. 
Well, and and you've done you've done great with your team, man. And it's uh, it's been a real treat to have you on yeah. today. And I don't think that it would be any surprise to our listeners or to me or, or even to you if if we invite you on again in the future. Sure. You know, you might be some yoga. You know, that, yeah. you know, up in the Himalayas. You know, it sounds like that you. Uh, you we definitely got to get you down to Columbia and visit us down there, though. Oh. Uh, we're going to talk soon about that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, great having Thank you on, you. brother. It's been a real treat and a blessing having you. Thank you for the opportunity. You got it, man. All right.